We begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present. We extend our respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hi guys, welcome to Bumps and Besties, a podcast about navigating the journey to motherhood through fertility struggles, friendship and all the bumps along the way. I'm your host Lexi, along with my co-host and bestie. Hi, I'm Amy. Our podcast is here to explore the often tricky, usually emotional path to motherhood through the lens of two besties on two different paths. Laugh with us, cry with us, and know wherever you're at on your journey, you're never alone because your besties are here and we have your back. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bumps and Besties. Good morning and welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in again, guys. We love to have you here. Whether you tune in first thing Monday morning or you take your time to get to our episode over the course of the week, it's lovely to have you. Whenever suits you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's pretty chilly. I have to admit, I do not get up at 5am for anything, let alone a podcast. No, absolutely not. It's a real <laughs> struggle in the mornings at the moment. I'm in fluffy dressing gown, slipper mode. It's freezing. 100%. As warm as and cosy as you can get. So yes. how's the week been? The week's been good. It's been one of, so we had a transfer this week, so yeah. we are two days post-transfer today. How do you so, feel? I don't know. I just feel normal-ish, but mm. bloated and heavy, which I couldn't tell you if there's because of a baby or because of all the medication. medication. <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything at this point. So yeah. every other pregnancy I've had, I've tested positive on five days post-transfer, which okay. for me is Monday. Yeah. Um, so we should expect to see something kind of between Sunday and Tuesday if it has So worked. exciting. So a few more days to go, but yes, fingers crossed and yeah. just taking it easy. And So it's managing anxiety while you're waiting. Yeah, just not overthinking um trying not to stress about things i don't need to stress about which mm-hmm. i do all the time and <laughs> just you know so. relax and just keep my mind occupied and yeah. i love that I it love... didn't help that i binge watch firefly lane and i cried my eyes out oh and, no yeah. Yeah, yeah no i've heard it is if you need a cry that's the show you put yeah. on yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah how's your week been my week's been pretty good it's been very busy like I'm not really sure how we ended up at Friday already because I feel like I just had the weekend and now it's back again (laughs) so it's going to be a very busy social weekend for Hubs he has a big swimming competition on the weekend so we will be going along and doing our best to support Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to sit at a pool in the middle of winter for eight hours with a baby no so I will go to a game and be there to support and then I'm going back to the coziness but yeah good week just really busy trying to get life in order actually finished putting Ted's wallpaper up in his oh, yes, nursery so great. I've been doing I suppose a little bit of nesting mm-hmm. and started to work out like what furniture and stuff I need for baby girl because so will they share the nursery or yeah so yeah. for the first six months I think we'll do what we did with Ted and that's to have her in our room with us yep. so he'll stay in his room and then once she has started to transition into more of a sleep schedule where she's not feeding all through the night then we'll put them into the room together mm-hmm. from the research I've seen there has been a lot of evidence to say that siblings sleeping 
if they're really close together and age, sleeping in the same room is actually better for them. They yep. have better quality of sleep. They sleep through longer. They feel more at ease being with, with others. Else. Yep. So I think that's probably what we're going to do. And then just wait until they ask us to move out yep. of the same room. So the nursery we have them in isn't the biggest bedroom in the house. It's a smaller, cosier space. But I think it would definitely suit All they still need both babies of them. Is- yeah. yeah, exactly. So a little bit of rearranging to go just to make sure that that happens and that they can be happy and comfy together. But yeah, started to think about like, oh, I need to get a bassinet because we hired one for Ted, so I don't actually have one mm-hmm. that I can just put her into. And then getting a bigger chest of drawers so they can share a chest of drawers instead of just having baby clothes from one end of the house to the <laughs> other, which is currently how we're operating. So, yeah, it's a little bit of planning is starting to happen, a little bit of forethought, because we only have 20 weeks to go. Yeah, not one left. <laughs> I said that to Ash the other day. I said, you know, we've only got 20 weeks to go. And he let out a huge sigh and a massive expletive. And I was like, okay, are uh, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm just trying to prepare myself mentally for that. <laughs> well, I guess if you think about it, like Saturdays are people's go to and do thing days you have 20 saturdays left to oh do things scary together and get- <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm trying to organize a boys weekend away for him so i said look this is probably the last time you're going to get this opportunity so you may as well go i'm going to go camping with my brother and some other friends i'm like you can go for three days two nights that's fine but it may be the last time you get to do this until they're like five yeah. so go now <laughs> go enjoy drink have fun Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's really looking forward to that couple of days up at the beach. Should be good for him. And honestly, I think that solo parenting, when you know that you're solo parenting, is a lot easier than like when someone gets stuck at work and you're expecting them home any minute. Yeah. So I think I'm like, oh, okay. And over a weekend, I can manage it. Um, I do have something on one of the days, but I can just drop him off at a grandparent for a day. So really, I'm only doing two days by yeah. myself so I think it's definitely manageable and it's just you and Ted for now so exactly I can me, me and Ted are good we're in that like <laughs> happy stride together we've had a really good week together he's uh he was teething but he's kind of they settled down I guess and I don't want to jinx myself but he has started sleeping quite solidly through the night and I don't want to say it too loudly. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. But we have had about four nights in a row now where he's gone down at seven and not woken up until six. Nice. Yes. Game changer. Gives you a chance to get some rest. Oh, well, it would if my body wasn't waking <laughs> me up every three hours to pee. I said to Ash, I was like, I'm sorry, but like, I know what it's like with a newborn. I did it only a year ago. <laughs> Why does my body think I need to start back on the training of getting up every three hours? I know what that looks like. Don't wake me up, buddy. Oh, God, that's annoying. So, yeah, I would be sleeping through if it wasn't for my body's silly clock deciding that every three hours I need to be awake in preparation of the baby coming. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's hit and I'm really upset about it, but it is what it is. At least I just, like, Wake up, get up, go pee, come back, and I can go back to sleep. Yeah. So it's not getting up and trying to do a feed and fumbling around in the dark. So it's not as bad, but I do wish it wasn't happening so I could just actually sleep for sleep like through for an hour. a solid eight hours. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, look, guys, all jokes aside, 
we are having a little bit of a heavy episode this week. Mm -hmm. So this is something a few people have kind of asked us and has sort of been requested. So this week we're talking about sacrifices, something that we have had a lot of discussions of before I had any babies. Because as we have previously mentioned, if you guys want to go back to season one and listen to some of our earlier episodes, I didn't want to have kids. I didn't think I was built for it. And my main reason was that I just felt like I was too selfish to have a kid. So we are actually going to go over what do you truly sacrifice when you are trying to conceive, when you're going through IVF, and then when the baby comes. Yeah. So Amy, do you want to kick us off? How much have you sacrificed? Like you have been doing this for a long time now. My entire life. Yeah. <laughs> In summary. Um, but if we delve deeper into that. It's, but it literally it is aspects of your entire life. So I think because for me it's been so long, my life revolves around IVF these days. Mm-hmm. There's not really much else I converse about except IVF these days. It's just yeah. constantly on my mind. Um, whether I'm in the middle of a cycle, starting a cycle, I have this mental list of what medications I have to take each day and you know what I can and can't be doing depending on where I'm at. So I think because it's constantly ticking in the back of my brain, it's always also at the front of my brain. Mm-hmm. But if we go, I guess for me, the biggest one is my body and my energy mm. and feeling, not, not my health in a sense, but my health, my fitness, I guess. Yeah. Um, feeling like my body isn't my own a lot of the time. Yeah, It's a very strange feeling because as we've also previously discussed, I used to be quite slender and quite energetic and... I was the complete opposite of who I am now. Yeah, you were a little energizer bunny. And I think like obviously through the course of all of the hormones and all of the injections and just literally the mental load of it as well, it has completely changed yeah, so your body. I constantly feel tired and I take every supplement I'm told to take. I take every medication. I eat relatively well. It's just the fatigue, both physical and mental, of constantly doing this Mm -hmm. um but I'm the kind of person who just wants to get it done everyone says to me why don't you take a break because I'd still have to come back and start all over again yeah it doesn't seem to me it seems like a waste of time to take say six or 12 months off because the older I get the harder it's going to get yeah so it's kind of like just keep going push through the fatigue and stuff and it will eventually get there Mm -hmm. but you know I am covered in bruises I have I, I'm still bruised from my egg collection like six weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I'm constantly bruised. I'm constantly bloated. You know, I'm just not myself in my body. So mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. for me, a big sacrifice has been that is, and you know, I used to quite like getting dressed up and I would like getting dressed up for my corporate jobs and I would like getting dressed up on the weekends. And I think because these days I'm much more about comfort and, you know, I'm less happy with the way I look. I don't do any of that stuff anymore. Mm. So I've given up that whole, you know, trying to be stylish and find my sense of fashion. I'm happy to live in my leggings and a jumper these days. Like, that's where Amen. I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess, too, I've sacrificed my corporate career because mm. we couldn't keep doing this the way we are if we weren't self-employed. Yeah. The flexibility to be able to go to my appointments whenever I'm told to go to them. Um, to have my procedures when I have to have them. I was very lucky at my last corporate role that there was some flexibility there. But it's but even still that, it did cause issues with your boss sometimes. Yeah. And, and it's just, 
even if it doesn't like even if you have the most supportive boss in the world it's still like a sense of guilt every time you have to Mm -hmm. go to an appointment or something like and I would always make it up I if I went into work late because I had an appointment I would stay back or my job was quite demanding I'd often stay back anyway so it but it's this sense of oh you know I'm not working a standard nine till five or whatever it may be um because my focus is elsewhere so I think for me, I got made redundant from my last role right before I miscarried my first pregnancy. Yeah. But if I had an of, and if my husband hadn't have said to me, look, let's just focus on our business, we wouldn't have the flexibility to do what we do. Yeah. But in some sense, I do miss getting up and going to the office every day. I was quite good at what I did. I had worked myself into some quite high positions in what I did. Oh, definitely. And I don't know, it's a sense of achievement when you've got... Yeah. A role like that and yeah. you can go and, you know, for a long time I worked in vehicle finance and I love seeing people buy their new cars and being yeah. so thrilled and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, even working in personal lending, just, you know, helping people and making their day and all that kind of thing. And It's like, different when you don't have, like, the immediate feedback loop yeah. as well. Like, you don't have that customer interface where you know, oh, I'm doing a good job. Like, yeah everything that you do like the business definitely couldn't run without you but you don't have that like constant feedback from customers saying thank you amy you helped me achieve xyz exactly so my husband gets all that the yeah. lucky about that um, <laughs> because they're there and they're doing the physical work and getting and all the appreciation yeah exactly so i think sacrificing my career in a sense and don't get me wrong i love being self-employed and i love the flexibility but i do miss being myself and going to the office mm. and doing those things and having that sense of achievement and getting dressed up and, you know, being the power woman in her corporate attire oh, and stuff. Like, yeah. It's fun. So I think for me the biggest things are my body and my career. But you sacrifice a lot of friendships along the way. Mm. I'm not an overly social person as it is anyway, so I guess that's why I don't feel it as much. But... Not everyone wants to hear about the IVF. And that's completely yeah. fine. Like, for some people, that is at a different stage in life. They can't relate to it. You know, so I guess the more minor friendships or the more sporadic friendships don't always tend to last or people come and go. Or it's harder to make new friends when you're so focused on one thing. Absolutely. So it's yeah. not like I have a million hobbies that I'm currently doing because mm. all my spare time is taken up by this. So realistically my friends currently like while I do obviously talk about other things this is a big part of my life and they kind of have to be prepared that you know some days I'm going to be able to focus on other things and some days I'm not Mm -hmm. and you know as you've said before you see yourself I go through stages of ups and downs and this is just who I am for now and It's a season, right? Like that's the thing we, when we (laughs) are at the gym and we're feeling sluggish or, you know, we're struggling with... We're watching all the gym bunnies getting so fit and... Oh yeah. Like we go to a proper gym, guys. Like there are women and men in our gym who are, they look like models just Mm. running around in their tiny pants and their ripped bodies and we're just like... Yeah. And we'll be getting more bloated and more pregnant as it yeah, like, goes on. <laughs> we've been at this really consistently for like four or five months and it's hard to see changes because I just keep getting around us. So I'm not <laughs> feeling like too inspired, but I'm like, I know this is good for us, but it's yeah. just that reminder, like this is our season. We're in our baby making season. Yeah. 
not the ripped abs and tiny booty shorts booties. Yeah. It'll season. come, you know, in three to five years <laughs> when the kids are all old enough and we will go back and we will be fit and we will be back to where we want to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so sacrificing a lot of, I guess, people who don't have the capacity to take on, because having a friend who's going through IVF is hard. Yeah. Um, you inadvertently take on their mental and emotional load oh, when sure. you're in contact with yeah. them. Um, there's not really much choice about it because I said some days it's the only thing you can think or do some weeks mm, for example mm. this week i don't have anything on my mind but is this baby gonna stick are these embryos yeah. gonna take like it's it's the only thing there so i'm not really thinking about anything else i'm not doing anything else i don't have anything else to update anyone on because this is my life at the moment yeah so i guess you lose or some friendships become more distant along the way mm-hmm. and i think for me once i'm through this season i would like to focus on some more hobbies and getting back into things that obviously aren't IVF or fertility related but the moment that's just not feasible I don't have the mental load for it I don't have the time for it but things that make me feel more you kind of almost lose parts of yourself along the way so your whole life becomes consumed by the IVF and while I've got to know myself so much better in terms of I can read my body more efficiently Mm -hmm. I can read my moods perfectly and I'm very in tune with who I am and what I want and you know I've learned to set some boundaries and stuff I've lost the creative side of me because there's no time for that no I've lost you know I love to read and I have a stack of books next to my bed that I so desperately want to get through, but I just don't have time or I can't keep myself awake yeah, at bedtime. Yeah, don't have the energy. <laughs> yeah. No. So, yeah. you know, I've lost those little parts of me that enjoy different things and yeah. I can't wait for them to come back, but at the moment it just is not an option. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you sacrifice a lot and it really is all consuming and if you are you know the kind of person who does want to take a break absolutely like I think if I did take a break I would be able to pick up those things again but I would find it harder to re-sacrifice yeah Yeah. and start all over again hence I'm just like push through push through let's get it done and then the light at the end of the tunnel comes and you know things go back to normal yeah and did you ever have that thought process in your mind like okay, I know I'm about to embark on this journey. I know I'm going to have to give things up. Or was it just you jumped straight in and then you realised once you were in the thick of it? I had no idea how all-consuming it was going to be. So I really went in very naive and very blind. And I think because we started on so many different things and at the beginning it's not so invasive. At the beginning Mm -hmm. it's a bit more you live your daily life but you time and track your body temperature and your intercourse and you might have a blood test once a week and it's not as invasive it's just Mm. a little bit of extra work and then that doesn't work so you start taking medications and that's a little bit more invasive again but it's not quite all consuming so Mm -hmm. I think because it gradually became more and more I wasn't realizing how it was so intense and then we got to IVF and the first round I was like okay this is a lot but you know we might only have to do this once Mm -hmm. and then as it goes on you're like okay this is my entire life like Mm. and it's not until I was in the thick of it that I realized how intense it was yeah it's not something I sat down and went okay IVF is going to be so consuming and I couldn't plan for it Mm. I had no idea like you hear people talk about it and you're like oh you know it's scare tactics or whatever and then you hear other people say oh you know it's so easy and it's brilliant I think that's the hard point isn't it because everyone's 
experience is so different. Like yeah. had it have just been one round in, out, done, like it's yeah. a couple of weeks of your life where it's all really intense, but it's almost like working towards a project, yeah. right? You know, there's a deadline and you can just push, push, push to that point. Yeah. But when it's like cycle after cycle after cycle, it's almost like you sort of get all the way out into the middle of the ocean and then you like pop your head up and you're like, exactly. oh, yeah. I'm really in this. Yeah, exactly. You just wake up one day and go, this is my life and this mm-hmm. is all I'm doing. And the goals all change. Like my acupuncturist said to me the other day, like, you know, hopefully this one works. And if it does, and if you have one baby out of this, like, will you start again? And I went, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. If we get a baby out of this, great. If we get two babies, absolutely perfect. But if we get one, that's me done. Yeah. I'm not going to, whereas if you had asked me 12 months ago, I would have been like, yeah, we're just going to keep going till I have the two kids I've always dreamt of. Yeah. That is now not in the plan. My plan is to have a healthy baby. And if that means that I don't have to start another cycle, that is wonderful. Yeah. So it's, things just change so drastically and drastically yet slowly when you don't. So I think it's different because if you have male factor infertility, you almost always go straight to IVF because there's not really much you can do like timing the intercourse and inducing ovulation stuff that you Mm -hmm. can do when it's female factor. So it's, when it's male factor, it's definitely a straight to IVF and you're more immersed, I guess, and more warned. But because mm-hmm. it, with the female side, it's such a lead up and there's so many things you do beforehand. Yeah. It's as like you they, say, always, you they go them. like small steps at a time to yeah. get you there. And suddenly you're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, what, what are you going to do? At the end, of it, I'm not going to give up. Like, I'm just going to mm-hmm. let those things slip away for the moment. As you said, it's a season and this is where I am right now and yeah. eventually things will become a bit more balanced and a bit more me but for now this is my life yeah no absolutely I think that's so well put like the concept of seasons makes all the difference yeah like I think when I think back to the life that I had before Ted and what I sort of valued and what I was kind of putting at the forefront you know there was a lot of my life was always like career, 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 trying to work out what I wanted to do, building myself into the person I wanted to be. And then I feel like it wasn't so much a a sit down conversation with myself to be like, I know I'm going to have to give up X, Y, Z, because I think that the time that we decided to have a baby was like when COVID happened Mm -hmm. and my career took a pretty big turn anyway so we moved to the country I couldn't keep pursuing the career that I'd had I had like a whole career shift started my businesses so I feel like I did all that sacrificing and changing with the concept that oh maybe one day we'll have a baby Mm. I think like if it had been I was in the middle of my corporate career and gotten pregnant it would probably have felt really terrifying and much bigger change yeah I think so too I think like it had it have been sort of all happened at once and it wasn't like this slow like slowing down of pace of Mm. life then I think I probably would have felt it a lot more but I always maintain like I'm too selfish to have a kid like I want to do more travel I want to work on my career but it's just like the baby sickness kind of took me over and all of that sort of fell away Mm. it was like all of a sudden I didn't care that I wouldn't be able to travel and it didn't matter to me that I wouldn't be able to spend 
you know, money on clothes and I had to sell the car that I'd worked so hard for because there was no way I was getting a, a baby seat in the back of my Mercedes. No, so. no that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, it's just, it's almost like the chemical part of my brain switched itself off from mm. wanting all the handbags and the shoes and the career progression and the fancy European car. It all just, it's like it turned off for me. And all I wanted was just to have a baby. And I started to like plan my life around having a kid. So mm. like when I started my businesses, there was always in the back of my mind, like, will these work? And can I still do this if I'm also a mum? And that was kind of like always a driving force. Like I can do these jobs or these businesses and also have a family if that's what I want to do. So I feel like, and I, I'm sure this doesn't happen for everybody and it would be like silly of me to not say, well, you know, this is just my position. But having that, like my, my brain just swap its idea of what I want to out of life it just changed for me I didn't have to have a sit down conversation with myself yeah I think like you definitely hit the nail on the head when you said your body is like the big thing that you feel like you sacrifice yeah. and I I think because the last couple of years like I have really tried to get into a place where I'm in a good place with my body and worry more about my like the longevity of my fitness as opposed to the size of my pants mm -hmm. and like as a recovered disordered eating person I think that was always a really important place for me to get to yeah and I think that that probably more than anything has been the, the main factor of something that has been a big sacrifice for me that I've had to mentally get my head around yeah because all of a sudden I can't go as hard at the gym like we went and did a weight session the other day that I used to do when I was living in the country because we went to the gym like every day because we didn't have anything else to do. And I ran you through <laughs> what we used to do. And like my strength is just not there. And I've got a bit of a belly now because, you know, we're pretty much halfway through and I can't, you know, bench press what I used to be able to. I can't squat press as much as I used to. And it's just that reminder that it's totally fine and it's totally normal and it's just a different season. Yeah. Like our Pilates teacher, when I told her I was pregnant because she thought I was just postpartum and just a little <laughs> little chubby from having a baby. And I said, oh, no, 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 I'm just starting. Like I, I, I do have a one-year-old, so yes, technically I am postpartum, but this belly pregnant, is actually yeah. <laughs> a baby. And she was like, oh, my God. She's like, oh, well, you need to change your mindset. You're working too hard at this and you know you, you can't be here trying to get yourself abs because that's not what you're here for like you need to be making sure that you're prioritizing building strength in your arms and your back so you can support this baby and make sure that you're feeling fit and healthy for labor like you can't be doing this and you need to support yourself here more and having it like mouthed back at you <laughs> was a real moment of like ah oh, yeah we're back into that yeah like that's that's back where we were because after Ted like you know the reason we started the gym was because I was starting to feel like I was in a point where I was happy to start putting my fitness first and start prioritizing my fitness again since I'd recovered from the birth mm. and now it's like okay actually we need to change that mindset back again because you're here to just maintain a level of fitness to get you through your pregnancy yeah. and aid you in recovery afterwards 
So I think those kind of things have been really hard and more so than, you know, the fact that I have sacrificed my sleep and all the rest of it. I think the big thing is just like once again reminding myself my body's not mine. Yeah. It's not going to be mine for quite a while because yeah. I need to have this baby, make sure that she is safe and healthy and not being put under any duress that she doesn't need to be. And then from there, I need to make sure that I can maintain a certain level of wellness to get her through, you know, that first six and 12 months because I do like, I would like to breastfeed again. I did with Ted. I'd like to be able to do that again. So knowing that that will be more of my focus, it is definitely just that constant reminding of myself, like I'm in a season of growth that's okay. I don't fit my pants. That's okay. Yes, I'm going to the gym consistently, but I feel more out of breath walking up a set of stairs. <laughs> That's okay. Like all the parameters that I kind of put in place for when I was like, okay, time to get this fitness back. Because like I said, in I think it was episode two, when we talked about Teddy's arrival, like I was running like 10K a week. I was fit before I got pregnant. And as soon as I got pregnant, that stopped because I got so sick from it and I didn't want to hurt myself and it was my first pregnancy and I wasn't sure how far to push it so I think like you know once we'd gotten over that hurdle I'd had him and I was recovered and I was like okay time to get back to that like I feel like you always have it in your head like I want to get back to the old me it's such a foreign concept to have your body not be yours like as you said you run you went to the gym every day I was very athletic in my teens and late teens yeah I played state level netball we both have always been very fit and active healthy people and then to suddenly have no control over being out of breath or Mm -hmm. what you can lift and even like in terms of the medical side of things like Mm. Your body belongs to your baby. And yeah, it's not yours. while my body belongs to me, I'm being poked and prodded. Mm-hmm. And, like, you really don't have a lot of control. Like, these are things that have to happen yeah. if you want to have a baby. Yeah. You have to go to your appointments. You have to go to your scans. Yeah. And while majority of medical professionals are wonderful about, you know, giving you space and being discreet and all those kind of things, you still are there for a reason. And oh, absolutely. you're being poked and prodded and pushed and ultrasounded. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not you anymore that you're focusing yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other big thing. I think it's almost helpful though, because you get yourself into a mindset, like as you're having your baby and you're growing your pregnancy and you shift what you eat and how you treat your body and all of those things, like you start treating yourself with so much more kindness because it's not just you. And I think that's probably like the flip side of it, the positive side of it. Yeah. And I think that's something that is really helpful if you can try and take that positivity for yourself and your gratefulness for what your body is able to do and take it forward. Yeah. Like past when the baby is born. And I just like, I think that's always a hard one as well as making sure that you continue to be kind to yourself postpartum. And once you have been able to like birth the baby and, move through that phase like you can still be grateful and I think that's definitely something that can be hard because you're just so desperate to get back to the person you are but those early months and years of motherhood like it changes you it fundamentally changes who you are as a person and you're probably never going to be the same again like no we're not going to be those people who could run 10ks or you know 
play our two-hour sports our games. But we just aren't those people, and we probably won't be for a very long time, if ever. Like, yeah. things change so much. You are going to have two under two. You are yeah. going to be run off your feet in a different kind of way. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's just very different. And it's okay to not ever get back completely to the person you were because you're so different. Yeah, and uh, there's a phrase that I've heard called matrescence. So it's like adolescence, but the transition that you go through when you become a mother mm. and like you know you've probably seen it all over tiktok and the concept that when you have a child like as you your body grows a child like they leave a little bit of their dna with you it fundamentally changes your body it changes your brain chemicals so everything about having a child is a transformation yeah and i think that that is such like a wonderful amazing thing but you have to be okay with letting go of your old self. And I think this is something that keeps coming up and it's probably because I'm a really tired person. (laughs) But like I've had a few people say, oh, you seem really different. Are you okay? And I think, and like this is from family and friends, like people who are quite close to me because I don't have the energy that I used to have. I'm not as high vibes as I used to have. And I think like you were saying with friendships, it's certainly something that, is probably a struggle for my friends who are not in this yeah. this season. Like I have quite a lot of friends from my old job. They're younger. They still go out and party every weekend and write themselves off and they tell me their crazy stories. And that's just not my season. So it is really hard to be like, like try and get on the same level if you like. Yeah. And, you know, we, we mentioned it the other day briefly we quite like to go to R&B Fridays and we quite like yeah. concerts and girls weekends away. And the last few years we've either been pregnant or one of us has been pregnant or there's been, <laughs> yeah. you know, postpartum or something has been, we still go when we mm. can and make the best of it, but our but life is not very different. it's it used to yeah. be, you know, it's like we, we don't arrive really early and start drinking straight away. <laughs> <laughs> we get there late so I can spend as much time as possible with Ted. We don't drink because, you know, if I need to rush home or something or drive back to the Gold Coast or I've got to take Amy to the hospital or, you know, like something like that. Like there's something we need to be always conscious of. And that's what I mean. Like it just changes everything about your life. Yeah. And <laughs> I've got some friends who are going over to Europe this year in having, you know, a summer holiday. And it's hard because like we used to all work together and back in the day, like we'd do weekends away together and all the rest of it. And it's really hard because in my head, I'm like, if things were different, if I wasn't a mum, if I was still working that corporate job, one, I'd have the funds to go and two, I would absolutely want to go. But the idea of leaving my baby for weeks on end for a summer holiday in Greece, it's just not something I can... We wrap my head planning around a night away these days yeah. like our girls weekends are very few and far between these days and it's just where we are like yeah. you know we may get to a point when the kids are a few years old where we're happy to leave them with dad for a couple of days and you know go and do our thing but at the moment it's just a very different state yeah it's just not something that i think is at the forefront and i think the other thing that i've realized because i don't know how many of our listeners are in a similar situation so my parents are uh, in their 70s or near, almost 70 my dad just turned 70 and the idea of like future planning for their life 
-hmm. Like five years ago, I would have been like, oh, I don't want to have to do that. Like I'm the youngest sibling. Why do I have to think about it? But now that I'm in the position I'm in, all I want to do is take care of them. All I want to do is like have them move in with us so I know that they're safe and they're, you know, as looked after as they can be. And I think it just, it just goes to show that yes, it's a big sacrifice to be like, your life is not your own. Your body is not your own. But there's nothing in my brain that would change that. Like, that's what I want out of my life. I want to care for those around me. And, you know, literally five years ago, I would have been like, I can barely, like, I have a cat. Like, (laughs) that's enough responsibility for me. I don't want to have to look after things. And that's it. I guess it's different because we've chosen these changes. So we come from a position where, you know, we both made the conscious decision to change our lives. And we kind of knew what we were giving up when we decided these things, you know. I didn't realize how much my life would revolve around IVF, but I knew I was giving up a certain chunk of it. And, you know, as you said, you plan to quieten down your life and, Hmm. you know, pause the career and stuff. So I guess we come from a position where we we both got to make this choice. and. If you have a surprise or an unplanned pregnancy, I guess it's different. And I yeah. guess that's why the ro- uh, rates of pre- and postnatal depression are so high because there's oh, so absolutely. many people that don't get to consciously make those decisions and plan in advance for them. Um, but they're decisions we made and they're decisions that I absolutely wouldn't change for the world. And No, I agree with you. And I think that's the thing. Like I have had some – like a friend of mine, she's living her best life. She lives half here and half overseas. She's got a high-paying job, drives a Mercedes – has like many properties and her entire wardrobe has labels of designers dripping off them. Living her best life. Living her best life. And she's like, I could not think about bringing a child into my life. And I'm like, but that's okay. Like it's, it's not something that you've chosen. I think it's so different when you say, when, when you make that choice and mm. you go, I know that there will be sacrifices and I don't know what that's going to look like but I'm ready to make the choice yep. to sacrifice things because you can't deny like life with a kid and life without a kid or life with IVF and not with IVF are just so substantially different yep. like I've never met somebody who went into motherhood or went into IVF and was like oh nothing's changed for me <laughs> everything's the same I'm still drinking and doing whatever I want and like you just you don't get to be that selfish once you bring another little person into your life. Yeah. It's, you make that conscious decision that they become the center of your world. Yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I suppose we're lucky in the fact that our brain chemicals have helped us get there <laughs> as well. Like they have jumped on board and said, yes, we're happy to do this. And that's not take to take away from anybody who ends up in motherhood or is doing the IVF cycle and thinks, why am I doing this? Like, this is not worth it. I know that that happens. It's hard work. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's like anything, if you really want it in life, it is going to take a bit of hard work. It's going to take a sacrifice. If you look at having a baby or raising a child or going down like the IVF and trying to conceive route, you need to be prepared that things are going to change. You can't go into it with the expectation that it's all going to be easy and it's all going to fall into place. Um, You know, some people do have their surprise babies and fit them into their lives seamlessly and don't change a thing. And I think they're the minority and far and few between. Yeah, and I think that from what I've seen, like the people who 
Like there's an entrepreneur that I follow and I admire greatly here on the Gold Coast. She runs a couple of businesses, turning over six, seven figures. Like she's incredible and she has a daughter and her partner is actually the stay-at-home parent Mm. and she did sort of like a have a look at our my day kind of mini vlog the other day and I realized that during her day her wake time her productive time she sees her daughter for three hours a day yeah on a weekday and then depending on the weekend sometimes she's home sometimes she's not and I think that it was just such an aha moment because she does kind of say like, you know, you can do it all, you can have it all, blah, blah, blah. But to me, spending three hours a day with my kids so I can run businesses is not having it all. No. Like I don't think that given the choice that I would want to do that. I, would... I think we're very much on the same page that we're going into this. We want to have children to raise them and spend as much time with them personally as we yeah. can kind of thing. And like not everyone obviously has that as a choice, but we do get that as a choice. Mm. And I think that's the point. Like when people do have the choice of like you can have a baby and you can spend the majority of their time with you and maybe you have like a side hustle or you've got a business or you're studying or you're doing something else that's still an attachment for you, something that is true for you. But your majority, if you like, your full-time job is parent rearing, like child rearing. That's the choice that I would like to make. Yeah. And, you know, lots of people are like, I'm going to have a kid because I feel like I have to or I'm going to have a kid because I accidentally, like this is not my choice. Lots of people decide to have their kid and not sacrifice but what they think that they're not sacrificing the child I think is probably feeling there's a little bit of a sacrifice there because they're spending more time with their nanny or they're spending more time at the daycare than they're spending with their parents yeah which is fine if like I said not everyone gets that choice anyway but if you do get the choice and you choose not to spend the time with your kid and not make any sacrifices to change your life, then just know there is still sacrifice happening. Yep. It's just not happening to you. Yeah. And you know what? Probably deep down is happening to them somewhat. Yeah, I mean, like, I just... You know, I talked to my dad because he worked a million billion hours. Like, he had three kids, and my mum was the one, main one who raised us. And he just loved spending time with Ted because he's like, I didn't get to do this. I was so busy working that I missed out few kids and he said like he's just so grateful that he lives close and he's so involved in Ted's upbringing and he will be with my daughter as well because he didn't get that choice yeah and I think that that's so hard when you don't get the choice like my hubby leaves the house like there's a couple of days a week he has to go and do like a 10 hour day and he gets to see Ted for maybe two hours a day yeah but on the weekends, he is so present. And we made the choice to sacrifice money and he only works four days a week. So, you know, that was a choice for us. We are lucky that we can do that and he only needs to work four days a week for us to maintain a lifestyle that we have. But that was a choice. Like, I'm sure there's lots of people and if he was a different kind of dad, he'd just be like, oh, I'd rather just go to work. Mm. But he would prefer to have an extra day at home with us or with Ted 
so that he doesn't feel like he's missing out so much on Ted's life. And I think that that's awesome because I think, yes, we're sacrificing maybe putting extra money away every single week, but in our eyes it's so worth it because it means that we've got that extra day of family time or if I'm working, it means that the sacrifice is allowing me to do something that I really love and work in my businesses. So everything is sacrifice. If you're bringing children into your life, <laughs> in some form something is going to have to move and change and shift. Yeah. And you just have to be prepared for that. If you're not prepared to change your life and you're not prepared for your body to not be your own, then maybe it's not exactly where you're at. Maybe you need a bit more time to think about if you really want to have a baby because no matter what you do, it's going to change your life. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I suppose, like, it's hard because I feel like with IVF, it's much the same as, like, when you have a newborn, right? Like, obviously, the decision to go down that path is, like, initially a big change. And then it all just kind of happens really slowly. And then you're, like, six months or six years into it. And you're, like, oh, wow. We're, we're in this. And I feel like that's what it was like with a baby. Like, first six weeks, I was like, oh, this is not so bad. And then <laughs> by six months, I was like, oh, my God, my life is substantially different now. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's not as – I think people paint it as this picture where, you know, you can pop your baby in the pram, take him to the cafe and live your normal life, but that comes with so many challenges in itself. And, and it's so just, much preparation beforehand, like – yeah, things substantially, constantly shift and change for you to be able to live a life that's anywhere near what you were previously experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But is it worth it? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. That little man just smiles at me and, like, my whole life He smiles just, at everyone. He's, he's the so littlest smart. charmer. Like, everyone we encounter, it's like, oh, my God, he's gorgeous. Oh, my God, Teddy. Oh, oh. look at the smile. Oh, you're waving to me. Oh. Like the crash at the gym. Those girls go gaga over him. I literally just walk in the door and he's, like, snatched from my arms before I even get to sign him in. <laughs> like... I walked in the other day and we had a brand new girl that I'd never met before, like all the other staff I knew. And she was like, oh, who do we have here? And I said, oh, this is Teddy. And she went, oh, is this the Teddy, the famous Teddy? And I said, well, I, I guess so. She's like, oh, I've heard so much about you. All the girls love him here. And he's loved to be held and cuddled yeah. and he's a chill kid. And, he's, yeah. he's very snuggly. He just loves to spend time with people. He's a real people person. So, yeah, I think it is all worth it and I wouldn't change it at all. Not for the trip to Greece at all. (laughs) I figure, like, uh, in my head I just keep thinking, you know what, when we're in our 40s we can do all that stuff. When the kids are at school and they don't need us so much and they want space from us, like, that is going to happen. There's going to be a time where your kids do start to need space from you or they start to explore their own world and their own hobbies. And that's when you hobbies. start to get yourself back. You get yourself back. And that's the thing, like, just making a little bit of leeway here and there. Like, we had a date night, Amy and I, <laughs> the other night, and we went and did a paint and sip. Not that either of us could sip, but we certainly painted. Yep. And we just made that little bit of time for ourselves, which was so, yep. so important. And I think we need to do that a bit more often because at the moment we focus our lives so heavily on pregnancy or teddy or Mm -hmm, ivf mm -hmm. and the only real 
downtime we get is the gym and we're not talking or doing no. anything because we're concentrating. Yeah. So I think to have that little outlet where you can go and you can just be you and not concentrate yeah. on being a parent or a parent-to-be or whatever no, it may be it for so nice. a little while and just, you know. Do something creative and just turn our mum brains off for yeah. a minute. It was so nice. But yeah, like we spend a lot of time together. We go to the gym three days a week and then we have record days. So we spend four days a week together, but it's either like gym or work. Yeah. So we were like, oh, we need to spend some personal time together and like go and have some lunch together or do something that's not like all consumed with babies, work and gym. Mm. So it is important to make sure that you are getting enough time for yourself. Well, I say enough, getting some time to yourself yeah. during this Don't whole get us process. Wrong. That was the first time we'd done that in probably about 12 months. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly. It's not, you know, we can make all this time every week. Like, no, no, no. It no, took no. us a while to organize that. And get yeah, it. absolutely. And now we're like trying to be a bit more consistent with it. But that's okay. Like, I think the thing is that we have maintained that we're like an understanding with each other. Like, yeah. We know we don't have a lot of time for our personal relationship, but we're trying our very best to maintain it and keep it going and and try and be some what a of resemblance ourselves. of ourselves. You know, things have changed a lot in the mm. 10 plus years that we've known each other, but we try and make sure that we're keeping each other on track somewhat. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Through the hard stuff. All right, guys. Well, that was a pretty big episode. If you guys liked what we had to say or you feel like we're completely off track and you've had a completely different situation. Have you made different sacrifices to us? Let us know. You know where you can find us. We are on Spotify, Audible, Apple Podcasts and wherever you can get your podcasts. We're also on Facebook. There is a discussion group as well as a friend request person that you can find us. We're also on TikTok and Instagram where we just mainly put up dumb, funny stuff about babies or sometimes we do some IVF stuff, which yeah. I find fascinating because I, I'm, one, terrified of having to stick a million needles in myself and I think you're so brave for doing it. If you guys want to hear about how Amy got over her needle phobia, head back to season one. We it was incredible. <laughs> But yeah, it's really fascinating. We do IVF updates and then just silly baby stuff. And I put things of Ted and my dog and stuff in there. So go and have a look. Go and have a listen. Go and have a follow. We would love to see you. If you have anything you'd like us to have a chat about, you can get in touch with us through the DMs or through our TikTok. All right, guys. Well, that will be it from us this week. We're looking forward to chatting with you again next week. See ya. Bye.